Good evening. Would like to welcome everybody on this beautiful, beautiful Wednesday to the Parks and Rec Commission. My name is Alex Hackman. I'm so grateful to have many members here. So thank you for being in attendance. Uh, I'd like to call this meeting to order and move on to item number two of the approval of the August 9th minutes. So is there a motion to approve the minutes as outlined? Is there a second? Favor say aye. 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 Item number three. So now is an opportunity for public comment for any items that aren't on the agenda. And if you could please state your name, and we have the timer up here to keep it for three minutes. So there are. It's not an agenda item. Yes. Now is the time. Okay. So I'm Sue Prothrow from Iowa City, and um, tonight, or this afternoon, I'm representing City Park School Back to the Future. Um, in a nutshell, this group is um, a large bunch of community members who are passionate about City Park and have organized to ensure that a future pool at least matches the current pool in terms of capabilities and the communities it serves. Um, I brought copies of our vision statement and I'm going to pass them around. And also, Gabe, I sent you one earlier today digitally just in case you want So I'm going to start with a teeny bit of background and then I'll make my point. The, uh, one of our members walked you through this vision at your May meeting, so there's no need to do it again now. Generally speaking though, we're focused on how the pool can be used and the groups it serves. So that, that's what the bullets are on the vision statement. Uh, while we believe that the present design of the pool checks all the boxes, we are not promoting a specific design at this point. So um, the Back to the Future Steering Committee met earlier this week to discuss the public input process that we listened to um, the Williams and Associates talk about in the September 5th council meeting. And the pages that we focused on are near the, ends of the, the end of the slides that are in your uh, agenda packet for tonight. So here's our point. Um, we understand that the list of potential focus groups isn't set in stone, and that's why it's called potential. Um, and Julie had told us that there could be 14 focus groups, and right now this potential list has only 11. So members of our steering committee identified two groups that we think should also be represented, and they are, one, um, private groups that use the pool, like um, um, club swimmers and um, water polo. And the second um, group that, that isn't on 
the um, potential list is senior citizens. And this is a large group of pool users in our community. And we think that we should for sure seek out their input as well. So that's it. Um, my name is Beth Bull. I'm also on the Back to the Future Steering Committee. I'm, I'm sitting in, by the way. Um, during last week's presentation to City Council, one of the consultants said that um, replacing City Park Pool allows for opportunity for conversation between user groups. Um, we believe in the power of our members of various user groups speaking to one another and coming to understand one another's needs, uh, especially regarding the pool. Uh, if conversation is allowed, we have the potential for building community consensus, and isn't that what we should be aiming for? Um, however, the current public input plan detailed in the next steps section of the slides in your agenda packet does not allow for discussion between these groups unless the open houses are structured in a way to provide this opportunity. Um, so we just suggest that the open houses be structured in a way that provides an opportunity for real dialogue between community members. It's important that all types of users would be, uh, would be users and would be users uh, hear one another's concerns and needs. Um, we're envisioning an event where people are assigned to, facili to facilitate the breakout groups, uh, each addressing the same set of guiding questions and then reporting back to the larger group. Um, because focus groups are comp comprised of similar users, the public gathering will be the only opportunity for community members to hear, discuss, and understand our uh, disparate opinions. Thank you. Any other public comments? Hi, my name is Karen Crane. I am from Iowa City, and I'm here to talk about the Robert A. Lee Pool. My friend Mark is passing something around. And as you might know, we have been gathering pool counts for 10 months. And the reason we're doing this is because the Parks and Rec Department has said that pool usage is insufficient, have it defined sufficiency, but I'll set that aside, um, to support increasing hours, although we're grateful for the Commission's recommendation to increase hours. And the department has talked a lot about the numbers of users. And one of the things that I'd like to highlight for you is the actual number of users. If you look at page five, this is a collage of all the pool users on a certain day. And it's important because 23 people who were at the pool on that day were not included in the pool counts distributed. So 23 people were now counted. Um, I'm one of those people. You can maybe guess which one I am. Not. Um, but this is really important because you as commissioners are asked to make recommendations based on data. And if your data isn't good, your recommendations are not sound. And what I am suggesting that the commission might do is insist on accurate data. If you look at some of the other pages, it shows where errors are, and it shows how we know the errors are there, because we have looked at the video recordings on that day, 
And when they don't match the numbers that we get from the Parks and Rec Department, we know there's an error. And they're always less. So there's a consistent undercount that's been going on for 10 months. So going forward, I ask that the commissioner assist, commissioners insist on accurate data. And I also ask very respectfully that you correct the inaccuracies that have been pointed out month after month um, in the submissions to this body. So correcting past data, insisting on good data going forward. Um, we're happy to help. Um, and I'll, I'll just say this as a citizen who's using the pool, we all count. And I want to be counted in every, in, if you're talking about pool users, I want to be among them as does everybody else. We all deserve to be counted. Thank you. Uh, just for clarification for both the public and for the commission, the last time you looked at pool data for your decision about hours, you did actually use the numbers and have all the numbers provided by the public as well as the staff members. You had both numbers side by side, just to be clear. That they have been reported and they were used as part of the decision making process. But what I'm asking for is accurate data. Accurate data. other public comment at this time? All right, we'll move on to item number four. All right, so tonight I have a brief presentation for you on our capital improvement project budget. There actually isn't anything on the screen. So commission members have a copy of the presentation. There are several out in the back if you'd like to see that from the public point of view. Uh, we have technical difficulties with the screen tonight, so. We're going to do it the old-fashioned way. Uh, this is a few months earlier than the commission typically sees these. But what we like to do each year is walk the commission through what we are presenting um, as part of the capital improvement project budgets for the city. So what is the CIP project? These are our large capital investments in facilities. Um, we have something, these follow our park master plan, natural areas master plan, bicycle master plan, rec facilities and program master plans, and other development opportunities. When you say, how in the world did we come up with the list that you see in, over the next five years? It's based on those plans. Now that being said, we are in kind of a really awesome position that we have almost fulfilled all of the park master plan. So in the next year or two, we will be looking at a process to update the active areas of the park, uh, park master one, playgrounds and shelters. Um, but there's a lot of other work that needs to be done, and we'll talk about that as we go through this. It's adjusted annually, so even though we ask for something um, in one year, as it goes through the process between now and January, you'll find things shift. Um, and the biggest reason is the cost of your streets and street projects. So the large capital improvement plan has all the city projects in it. Street projects, other building projects, wastewater, water. It's funded in different ways, but largely the street projects, especially those coming from the general fund, kind of bump things around. So you have a multi-million dollar street project and you have a $500,000 park project. Sometimes the park project just moves to make room one way or another for a street project. That, that happens a lot. So what I show you tonight is, is still in draft form. It is the prioritization of where our projects fall. 
Um, but the actual years when you might see them when that final capital improvement plan comes out could be different. Um, we do, the staff compiles the budget pro um, projects, the projects that we're asking for. It first goes through a staff committee, and at this point, the staff committee is staff from the finance department, the city manager's department, public works director, myself, and neighborhood services director. We meet as an internal staff group to look at what projects, to do that first blush of looking where the projects fall and how much they are and where they might fit. Goes through the staff process a couple, two or three times, and then we'll have a work session with the council, um, usually in about the beginning of January, where they'll take a look at it, make recommendations, and the final plan happens later in January as they do the budget. As I said, we've only had one staff meeting now so far, and that has actually been about our annual CIPs, which I'll talk about, are different from our project CIPs. So we haven't even had that first project meeting. Um, capital improvement bu budget, as I said, are the big projects. We also have an operating budget. So capital improvement for Carson Rec is usually between eight and $15 million a year. And that's things like some of the things we've done recently are playgrounds, park shelters, trails, head mall playground, um, city park pool, anything at the rec centers would all be in our capital improvement project budget. We also have $11 million a year that is our operating budget, and that's a whole separate process. That's where most of the people that you see in Parks and Recreation are paid out of that. Smaller building projects like painting a room or replacing doors or things under $20,000 are in the operating budget. Just to give you a reminder of what those, oh, sorry, repairs under $10,000 $10, go in operating budget. So then I'll just walk you through the projects that we have slated in for each of the years. The current year shows up again in this five-year plan. So these are projects, oh, sorry, the first one I have for you is just our annual improvement project budgets. These are ones that are earmarked each year for the various different areas. So we get $90,000 a year for park improvements. That number is varied between 50 and, and 100. Don't know exactly where we'll land this year. This is for smaller projects such as maybe a small trail connection that needs to be done, additional bike fix stations, benches, um, things like park furnishings throughout our parks tend to come out of this budget. The park signs that we've been replacing piece by piece over the last few years has come out of this budget. Unfortunately, it also takes some of the overruns from our other large projects. So if another large project goes over, if we have money in the park annual improvement funds, sometimes that's used to backfill the larger projects. So I can tell you that for this current year, there is no money left in that particular fund. We've been using it piecemeal to fill in a number of gaps. We also get $30,000 a year for ADA assessments or accessibility improvements through the parks. This is what helped pay for the Scott Park, Regis uh, Ranch parking lot improvements and some of the trail improvements you've seen throughout the parks. $30,000 a year is about enough to address one park's uh, accessibility issues each year. This would also be if we have a specific playground need or something that needs to be retrofitted would probably come out of this, this budget year by year. Climate action facility improvements covers all city facilities, so all buildings, but also all park facilities. So it's $250,000 a year, and ding, 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 this year, it's being used to replace the overhead lights at Mercer Baseball. 
So we are moving to LED lights at Mercer Baseball. So it's a, it's a general city improvement fund, but we're able to capitalize on it and use it for our project this particular year. It's typically been used for uh, lighting upgrades and other energy efficiency upgrades. As we get some of those low-hanging fruits done, this will go towards more of the larger building projects in the future. We have a small fund for inner city bike trails and trail bridges. We'll talk more about this later in my presentation. We have a huge need coming up for the trail system. As I said, we're almost done with the park master plan. We have not touched our bike trails for most of them for over 20 years. And it's, the, the price tag is going to be high pretty soon. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. We get $50,000 a year from rec center improvements. Uh, that's at both of our rec centers. That's smaller improvements. Uh, we're changing locks on the door up here, the door system up here. Um, we're looking at doing some lobby refurbishment at Mercer, kind of projects along those lines. This also, though, pays for overages and other larger projects. So the recent Mercer indoor pool dehumidification project had some overrun on it. That came out of this, artificially out of this $50,000. Um, but as well, the new entryway that's happening at Mercer is being paid for somewhat out of this fund. And then we have 100,000 earmarked each year for tree um, projects and tree plantings. And Tyler, do we know next year's locations? Yeah, uh, we're looking at tentatively kind of the west side points north and south of uh, Abbey Lane and then back behind uh, um, kind of well uh, east of West High um, in that area there. So going out west because we've been southeast for so other things that we have earmarked for some of these annual funds, here at Robert A. Lee, we have moving to the, the kitchen that's next door to us here, needs some renovations, and that will probably fall under that $50,000 fund. Um, some of the smaller outdoor improvements, too, and some of, some of the roof, we have large roof projects coming up, may take part of that money as well. Okay, so the 2023 projects show up in this, this process, even though they're largely underway and some of them are already done. So we go through these. The Hickory Hill Park Ecological Restoration is paid for by REAP grant and it's underway. Kiwanis Playground uh, Renovations has started. The field work is, I think, almost done and the path work, no wait, Kiwanis, sorry. Uh, playground has not yet come, but the site work is done and should be here soon. Hickory Hill Park North Shelter and Restroom Replacement should be done within the next six weeks, most likely. It likely will not open until the spring, but we think that the work will be done there. Happy Hollow Playground and Ball Field Replacement. This is where the ball field replacement is essentially done. The path, paths are in. We ran into a few snags with the playground. The equipment's here. The size was different than what was specced on the site, so we're, uh, we're, we're massaging it in. And it'll, it'll still work, but we've had to do a little more groundwork than we Mercer baseball field renovations, uh, those are on hold except for the lighting replacement at this point because the school district is going to be partnering with us and doing some different things on this moving softball most likely to Mercer. But pickleball tennis courts uh, project was, the contract was awarded, it's a little over a million dollars and that was awarded um, at the last council meeting. So that, they can start work this fall, but most likely most of the work that you'll see on that will be in the spring with the July 15th finish date. And then Hunter's Run Playground renovations done except for a little bit of seating and uh, finish work there. And those actually continue on the next page. We have what's called event facility improvements. These are improvements this year being done at the Riverside Festival stage in Lower City Park. These are some 
pretty high safety concerns for the groups that are using it for productions. Um, we are in final design with Newman Munson Architects and should be out to bid within the next month or two for work to be done before the next spring season starts there at that facility. Willow Creek Trail replacement, almost done, just a little bit of finished work done there. Sturgis Ferry boat ramps, uh, improvements will be, um, the contracts will be awarded at the next council meeting. We received five really good bids yesterday, so it's within budget and that one will be moving forward. And then Carson Lake Park planning is the, the land use area out to the west of 218, where there will be some new development and likely a new park similar in size to Terry Trueblood. Um, they're just getting talking now with consultants looking to start the process, so we haven't heard much on dates or anything else, but that will still be happening this year. Stop me along the way, Commission, if you have questions. 2024 projects, so these would be starting yet this fall with most of the work after January 1st of 2024. We have money in here for Palisades development, uh, park development, that's in the kind of northern area of the city. It's on hold right now because we still don't have the land dedicated to us from the developer. So we need to own the land first, and then we, it's a very small little park there. Uh, but that'll happen. There's another one that could happen near Stonebridge Estates, uh, kind of by Fronholtz Miller Park on the east northeast side. Same thing, we're waiting. We have the, we know the parkland is coming to us, but we don't own it yet. So once those two pass ownership, we will get started on building parks there. We're going to replace the roof at Mercer Scanlon, uh, about ready to go, finish design and go out to bid for that project. Lower City Park restroom and shelter renovations, we talked about this with you at the meeting last month, so that will, if, if it's funded, would move forward. Calder Park, there is the new development happening on the northwest corner of Rochester and, you see that right, and uh, Scott Boulevard. There is a, a way now to connect that development to Calder Park and at the same time finally provide actual ADA access to the playground and park. The park is interesting because the road is here and the park is down here and it's a pretty steep hillside. So we've been waiting since, since the park was built to get a path in there and this project should allow for that so we can have an accessible path to it. Terrell, Terrell Mill Skate Park. Uh, we are just about ready to have the consultant contract done to start design and public input. That will replace the skate park at Terrell Mill, but also hopefully add a pump track. Um, and at the last council meeting, the city manager talked about using some of the ARPA funds from, left of, from the, after the COVID to help fund part of this project. So likely we will have a fairly nice budget to do both the skate park and the uh, roller park portion of the, of the project. With the pump track? What's a pump track? Tyler, I'm going to let you answer it. So it's a, it's in this instance paved, and it's a bunch of pumps and curves and banks and things that um, work together in a circuit that you can use bikes on, um, scooters on, um, skateboards on, even um, kind of a uh, athletic style wheelchair mm -hmm. um, could go on those. So a lot of different uses of that. Is that? By City Park, is mm -hmm. that right? By the boathouse, kind of okay. right on Dubuque Street. I don't know if this is off topic or, um, but I know when I was listening to the council meeting, um, Councilor Burgess asked like how much traffic was at the park for the price tag to update and things like that. Yeah, she did ask that question. We don't have exact numbers, but we do know it is highly used. Okay. Um, and I think that once we start with the public input process, we're going to have the users of that park. They've been contacting us as staff for quite a while, so. 
think you will hear some very strong input about the amount of use and the ages and, and all that sort of thing. But no, we don't have actual. Okay, I was just curious. We'd have to put a camera or something out there yeah, to share sure. that. But, yeah, good question though. Uh, Brooklyn Park, uh, that's one of our older parks. We actually have neighborhood open space funds to pay for this, so it'll be in the capital improvement plan, but those are funds that developers pay in either for us to acquire more parkland, or if it's in a neighborhood where there isn't any more land or desirable land to acquire, then it can be used for park renovation and park replacement projects, so that we have enough funding there to replace the playground, uh, which is needed. And then we hope to get College Green Park done, playground, and probably replacing some of the paths and basketball court conditions there. That would be in 2024. 2025 looks pretty small for a list. Um, <laughs> we realize you've got City Park Pool in that list and that could be somewhere between 10 or 15 million dollars. So that really takes a lot of our capital improvement funds for that particular year. That also includes the project to do the restaurants and shelter renovations. Some of those may be included in with the pool project, but either way we'll be looking at all of Upper City Park. The other things on the list are ADA improvements in City Hall and then more land acquisition for the Carson Lake project. 2026 projects have a new trail segment along Highway 6. Then we have also a placeholder again here for the Stonebridge Park development on the northeast side depending on when we get this land. Napoleon softball fields renovating four of those fields, which is uh, basically replacing the, regrading them, replacing all the uh, material on top, that sort of thing. Replacing the playground at North Market Square, and the school district is interested in partnering with this, uh, with us on this one because it's next to Mann Elementary School and they want to do some ADA things in our area as well. Rideau Street Park renovations, this is probably after Calder Park, this is the other park that still lacks accessibility up to the playgrounds that will get adjusted during that project. Benton Hill Playground renovations, most likely the playground, not the treehouse, unless it needs a tree, it has a really unique treehouse in that park, and it's in fairly good condition, so I don't know that it would, we would do that. And then more work on that Carson Lake project. So that's a multi-year project once it gets going. Why is it called Carson Lake? I do not know. Oh. And <laughs> that's a good question, why is it called Carson Lake? It must be the current owners okay. of the land. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know if that's going to be a final name or. No. It won't be final. That's probably. I doubt it. Unless it's part of the, unless it's part of the uh, acquisition papers, you know, legal agreement. They say that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard that yet. Okay. So. Well, related to the Highway 6 trail, we're yeah. seeing that, that being put in. Are there any plans to extend it from Heinz to Scott Boulevard at some point? Because that would make a nice. Mm -hmm circuit of those two main thoroughfares instead of having to cut through the industrial area? The answer is long term, yes. I think it was in the bicycle master plan even. Um, but you don't see it in this five years of this budget. So not any time real soon. Can I, have a, I have a question. Um, how much uh, the federal highway funds from is devoted to trails versus roads? Or does it all come out of your budget? Um, so the, the money's put into our budget as a total dollar amount for the projects, and then it is sometimes backfilled by those funds, federal funds, if we, but it's through a grant process, so we don't always know um, if we're going to get a grant or not. Um, and then there's some funds that come through our MPO, the Metropolitan Planning Organization. And I'm sorry, I don't know the percentage of those and how much is 
It's interesting, it can't be used for trails. We've had some conversation about what kind can be used for the bridges, some of the bridges, and it can't be used for some of the bridges on the trails replacement. So there's some uh, some interesting parts of that. Yeah. yeah, well, I just, if, if um, you know, to make headway with trails, they're so expensive. Um, you know, I've seen some cities will do a set aside of, um, you know, certain, it's like we're going to dedicate this much money for the next like four years and 20% or whatever it might be. So you can really take on some big projects and we'd love to see something like that. That would definitely be something that as a commission you could recommend the, the council to consider doing something like that. Would it be possible to get some more information on what, what you do get? I think we've had, maybe before you were on commission, we've had Kent Ralston from the MPO come to this group and actually talk about trail funding and, and priorities for it. So we can certainly have him do that again. That would be good. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm just curious about the public versus private. So is this Parson like the current owner? So it is private, but? Right now it's farmland. Oh, okay. As it develops into housing development, this land will either be donated to the city through neighborhood open space or purchased by the city as a part of a water retention area. Oh, so okay. it's private as we talk about it today. The long-term plan is it will be public. Okay, and that's the same with the Brooklyn Park? Um, no, Brooklyn is uh, Brooklyn has always been a city park, but the okay. neighborhood open space funds are funds that came in for a housing development nearby and there's not a parkland that purchased in that area, so then we can use it for the renovations. Park, our neighborhood open space funds that we receive have to be used within the a fairly close boundary of where they're paid. So in that district where they're paid from. Okay, 2027 projects. I'm looking at some accessibility and other improvements at both of the dog parks, so Thornberry and Rita's Ranch improvements. Uh, there's one shelter at Mercer Park that needs to be replaced. Hoping to get a park maintenance storage barn, which would happen um, out at the Kicker's soccer field area. Um, more of a, I like to call it a barn, I like to call it a shed. <laughs> it's not a very, <laughs> a very big or glamorous building, but. Uh, and then in one trail, one segment of the Iowa River Trail, and then Oak Grove Park is, I believe, the last park in the series to get renovations. So Oak Grove Park shows up in 2027. The next slide, though, starts to talk about other emerging needs. And we list almost sections of almost every bicycle trail that we have right now, um, but with a pretty hefty price tag of about $5 million. So we have this in here. We're going to make a request for it. I highly doubt that, that much or any of it will actually be funded in this cycle, but we want to start talking about it, that we have conditions on those trails that are faltering fairly quickly, and we know that we're going to have to invest in resurfacing and replacement along the way. That's in there. In One thing to consider with this, that number is a little bit higher um, than it would be if it was going back as asphalt, where asphalt is now, but these are all asphalt service trails. And we have not had good success with longevity of asphalt. Um, so the idea, just like on the uh, um, the section of Willow Creek Trail that is happening right now, that it would go to uh, concrete and just have more longevity for us um, for hopefully quite a few more years than that asphalt has. 
All right, similarly, we've got a few parking lots that are in less than desirable condition. Um, and these are another thing that haven't been included in our plan for a number of years. So Tyler and I have been working to get these assessed and at least get the planning started for them. But Scott Park, getting that parking lot actually with a harder surface if we're allowed to. Uh, Thornberry Dog Park, getting that paved. And then Mercer Athletic is a huge one um, that is going to need some attention fairly soon. Maybe not to the size that it is right now. Of course, that's something we'll assess. Does it really, it's, it doesn't really need to be the size that it is, a paved surface, but that'll be, need to come up in the next few years. And then we have some shelter replacements that weren't called out during the last park master plan. Their condition wasn't such that they warranted that, but they are now. So Mercer Park is listed there again. The South History Hickory Hill Park shelter and then Crandick Park, which is over on, um, by Ashton House, Rocky Shore. Rocky Shore. Okay. So, what do you notice isn't on that list? We'll quiz for you all. <laughs> There's nothing on there about either the indoor pools or rec centers. And you don't see that anywhere in this packet at this point. That's because, as you remember from the rec master plan, we said we wouldn't start talking about that again until after the city park approval. So it is well known through council and finance that at some point we'll need to come back and revisit that and start getting funding in place for whatever's done either here at Robert A. Lee or at Mercer. It's just not in this year's plan because the planning process and the thought process hasn't started at all for either of those. And then we have uh, unfunded list things that are more than a year old. This hasn't, these are all projects. Some of them we asked for last year and didn't get, so they've been put on there. Uh, there's a trail loop, we'd like to see at Fair Meadows. There's a trail connection on south for the Southgate Avenue area to get it over to the Iowa River Trail. Um, there's another trail between the Napoleon and Riverfront Crossings. Actually, these might actually be on the other trail list that we just talked about. Whispering Meadows, getting the boardwalk improved. Um, not a, it's not a transportation trail, but it definitely is an experience out in the parks. There's another phase for Riverfront Crossing Park. In fact, there's two phases on here. Ashton House, second parking lot. This has been held up because it's really not been a good place for it. As we acquire more land in the, in the neighborhood down there, I think this might come back to you uh, as some options that aren't right on the, the riverfront, but maybe across the street. Nothing, nothing in stone yet, but just some thoughts there. And then there's two other big master plans, the Lower City Park master plan and the East Side Sports Complex master plan. Lower City Park has never been funded as a master plan, but everything that we have done in the last six years has been according to what that master plan said. So that's why you've seen everything move away from the river. The prairie has been reestablished. The playground has moved up on the hillside. When we look at the shelters and restrooms next year, We'll do the same thing. We're moving things out of the floodway and getting up, up to higher ground. The master plan had further work on raising the road to make it more of a barrier from the river to the rest of the park. That's not in any of the plans at this point. Um, and it had some changing the where there's two water retention areas and two small lakes there, ponds really, um, drained those and made a different area off to the east side. I haven't pursued any of that. It's sitting there on the unfunded list. So what is the pain of this unfunded list? Is it just to sit out there? It's to keep it on the keep the list going so that council and finance staff know that those are still projects that we'd like to pursue at some point, most likely. Um, 
and just keep some price tags out there so that we're aware of the needs. We do know that going into both the capital budget process this year and the operating budget this year, um, it's going to be tight. We're, we're being told to be very careful about what we prioritize, what we ask for, um, and don't expect huge increases in anything. Expect a very status quo budget at, at best. Um, we don't think there's any reason that we would lose any staff, but I think you'll see us backing off on other projects and, and trying to find more efficient ways to do things that don't cost as much. Kind of the Just to make sure that I understand. Um, the, uh, the projects that go through you know, 2023 and 2027 that we have here, uh, you said things like uh, RAL, Mercer, those are for after City Park Pool is taken care of. Um, so do things like in the 2026-2027 CIP projects, do those account for potential funding needed for RAL and Mercer and those places? That They've been discussed. Space? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been discussed. It's just not listed as a project because right. we don't know what the project would be. Um, the other thing to remember is, like I said, year 23-24, we're pretty close to knowing 23 projects that have already happened. I think you can pretty much bank that 24 projects will happen as they sh they're shown here. 25 is a little pretty, well, that's City Park Pool, so that should happen. But then 26, 27, 28, there'll be a lot of movement in those. Each year you'll see a new plan. It'll probably have the same items, but a lot of those things will shuffle around. Uh, the poor Mercer, or the poor Napoleon softball renovations have bounced around for years. And <laughs> one of these days it's gonna it's gonna stick and we'll get to, to do that. But yeah. other questions? Um, as far as a sports complex anywhere in Iowa City, is there um, any talk of having like some sort of private partner? private public partnership um, so that it doesn't fall all that expense wouldn't fall all on the city yeah there was some talk about that a few years ago and actually the uh, think Iowa City commissioned a study feasibility study for it and that's as far as it went at that time based on what they found in the feasibility study as far as attracting other parties at that time anyway so I, I think it could come back up again but it's not being actively pursued right now was there any sort of plans to want to be included in that sports complex specifically? I'm sorry. Uh, what would be included in that sports complex specifically? Yeah, there are actual drawings. I can. It'd be better if I emailed it out. Gotcha. Baseball, softball, potential indoor facility. Indoor the wall. <laughs> that wasn't it. That wasn't for the radar when we made that master plan. I'm gonna update yeah. radar. <laughs> now, yeah. I just had one comment. Um, so I live on Court Hill Park, and I think that was in uh, plan last year to update that park. Most of the work was done. Um, I'm not sure the status of whether there's going to be a, another shelter added, but I, I wanted to point out that um, the old shelter was dug up and removed, and it's been like a kind of a weedy field in the middle of the park for like since that happened. So it's almost a year now. So I think we'll see that updated. Uh, replanted and then also um, there's a number of old trees in that park and um, you know every you know few weeks another big limb comes down so I, I don't know what the process is for just doing some general upkeep on the trees yeah I'll let Tyler yeah so we have the shelter um, on hand that we're going to put in there we just have to um, have the, the time and the funds to get the pad and the puddings and everything uh, for that 
Um, we've talked with the streets department, see if they can help us out with some of that to keep the cost lower. Um, but uh, that will be somewhere a little bit closer to the basketball court um, that's there. So not right back in that same spot. Um, we can look at the seating again. We haven't been able to seed anything this year with the drought. Mm -hmm. um, so um, it's, it's a challenge to get things actually growing and, uh, and going. But we'll take another look at that. Um, and yeah, a lot of those trees are fairly old there. Um, you know, older trees drop limbs fairly frequently. But we haven't seen anything that's super concerning looking at them. Um, so it's kind of hard to um, know before they fall, you know, type of thing. Um, that, that part definitely took one of the largest hits from the trade show, though. Mm -hmm. So um, we're hopeful that what's still there will, um, will last for a while as the new trees are planting. There's there's a, uh, a a big limb that's just kind of hanging up in that tree. It's been there since the jury show. Is it the one by the basketball court? Mm -hmm. I think um, it's like just north of the basketball court. We can take another look. Um, it uh, at the time it wasn't viewed as a hazard or a, a mm -hmm. big hazard there. Um, so that's a hazard main. Um, yeah, we'll take another look at it. Okay. Appropriate to report things like that via is it the ICGO Express yes. if you see that happen? Very good point. Definitely. Yeah. Or emails me works too. Yeah. Anyway. But for the general public we can tell them. Right. Things like that. That's yeah. ICGO Express. Yeah. So I just love seeing kind of the enhancements for the ADA compliance and infrastructure accessibility. So it's on the plan, so yeah. more that we can do to increase accessibility and make sure everyone has access to the parts. Gym. It's a little bit different each week, but definitely something new that we're trying. 
Um, Penn Mall Playground, last month we had a concern about the cleanly, cleaning the Penn Mall Playground. Just want to report Tyler's staff tried about six different things <laughs> to try to get it cleaned. We uh, were in contact with the, the playground company multiple times. It's still not great. Um, we ended up with vinegar being the winner, I think, for the best thing to clean. But it's getting to the point where we've kind of worn the paint down, so you're actually seeing the cement come through the paint. So just we're still in contact with the company to figure out it's not it's not that old what's happening. But I wanted to follow up so you knew that it's not great, but we're we're definitely it's it's definitely is clean. It just doesn't look clean right now. Yeah. So we do have that. Um, there is a commission opening that the that the council will look at next Tuesday. We have 14 applicants for the open commission spot, and it doesn't have a male or female. Um, doesn't have to be one. Of, usually, it, it has to be one or the other for ballots. This one could be either, so that's kind of interesting. We look forward to that. And then city park pool. Let's go through the update of what's happening with that. Um, not on the agenda today because nothing has happened since the council meeting last Tuesday. Uh, we as staff will be meeting with the consultants again early next week to kind of set out the plan for the next phase of public input. So we'll have more updates for you after that. I did include the presentation that was on the council meeting. Uh, the council had a few questions afterwards, but not very, very many, and, and overwhelmingly chose to go ahead with replacement of the pool based on the current condition. Um, that being said, just a reminder to everyone that we don't know what the new pool is going to look like yet. This is all of a part of a public input process that will take place. We're hoping that the, the kickoff large public input open house type meeting will happen at the end of October. That's our target date for that. We're hoping in conjunction with the Halloween event that happens here at Robert A. Lee. So we have a large number of families and people already coming in. Probably something that would start earlier in the afternoon so that we have an opportunity for people that are worried about parking and the, and the crowd coming to Halloween will come, but then also getting the families to come in during that time. Um, and then we will move into the focus group phase, and it could be, as we heard earlier, up to 14 focus groups, not all of them defined yet. The way that those will be chosen is that we have an online form that will be uh, on the city website, and we also have paper forms at our facilities, but um, an online form that asks a number of questions that each individual will fill out one of the forms. If they wish to be included in certain focus groups, they'll need to answer questions yes to those focus groups. So it says, for instance, we plan to have a focus group that includes people with disabilities. Do you have a disability and would you like to be included in this group? They would check yes. You don't have to answer yes or no, but only if you answered yes would you be uh, considered to be a participant for that group. Same thing for members and allies of the LGBT community. It says, we plan to have a focus group specifically for people who uh, want to talk about LGBTQ needs at the pool. Would you like to be considered for this group, yes or no? We ask if they have a swim pass or have had a swim pass in the last year. Uh, we ask what their primary activity is when they come to the pool because we have one focus group that's focused on lap swimmers, one that's focused on aqua fitness slash uh, water walkers, and still to be determined what the others might be, but there's a list of items that you could choose from. That what's your primary reason? Sunbathing. Um, <laughs> uh, but that'll be it. And so that'll be an online form. 
the, the people that choose who go into each focus group will not see the names attached to the people that are on that list. So they will get the spreadsheet with numbers, numbers assigned to each person, and based on their answers to the questions of what they've self-selected will be which focus groups they could be in, and we think it'll be a random number generator that actually then chooses the 10 or 15 people for each focus group. So it's, it's blind to any staff of who gets in, um, but it also gives us enough information to make sure that we get a good, uh, well-rounded group of people, or the specific groups for each of those focus group areas. I think it's the first time anyone's ever tried to do focus groups in this way. And the reason that we're doing this is really be it's because of our strong equity and diversity goals. We want to make sure that there's a quiet space for those folks and those non-user and, and historically underserved groups to have a place to meet with the consultants and talk about their needs openly. Um, all that information will be published afterwards, but the groups will be private for that reason. After all those focus groups are done, and with those 14, that leaves us enough space to even have a general you know, a mixed group one. We don't know that yet. We'll know more after we talk with the consultants and get a better idea of what they like, you know, what their suggestions are for that. But once all that work is done, the consultants then will do create three concept designs for the pool. And really the only three, the only things we know about that concept design is that we've told them it should be essentially within the fence line for the current facility. We don't plan on adding parking and we want to keep as much shade and we don't want to touch the trees. So we know that those are the things that will be included in any of the schematic designs. The rest of what comes out of those three designs is really up to the input received in the general meeting and the focus groups. So there'll be three designs that then goes out to a survey to both a statistically valid and then also an open survey, get results from both and then it comes back for a decision with the council. So it's a long process. Um, not all that is completely in stone yet because we haven't met with the consultants to talk through exactly how that's going to happen. But that's, that's the plan right now and the reasoning behind uh, what we plan to do with that. Any questions I can answer so far on that part? Are the focus groups set in stone at this point? Or I know there was some no. talk of like some different groups to include here. Yeah. We, in the consultant RFP, we included a list of 10 that we thought were appropriate for this community or would be useful. Um, but that's one of the things we'll talk with, with the consulting team to see if there's others. Um, like, we don't have a neighbor group for up by the pool. That might be one that we add. Um, the Parks Commission is actually one of those 14 groups. That's the one focus group that will be open to the public. So you will have a, essentially a meeting with the consultants um, where it will be open to the public, but it will be going through the focus group process there too. So, yeah, it hasn't been completely determined. And I think it will also, will probably leave water to open until we see how many people apply to the other groups. And if we find there's an overwhelming number from one particular area that we can't accommodate, you know, most people, maybe we add a second one for that particular group. That's another option that we have. This is just a comment, but I, I appreciate the inclusion of maintenance staff um, in that. I think that's really important. I appreciate that um, that the groups will have like privacy in that because 
sometimes when you mix these groups, there's been hard to have equity of voice for the people that have a harder time talking in a big group or, or maybe have a legitimate concern that is really close to them. And so, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. Also just beneficial to understand the process of determining how these groups are formed. And I think that could be beneficial for the public to understand as well. So just making sure that that's outlined somewhere so that the public is aware. So when people come up and say, hey, what's not what's not included? And so that we can go that's back a good to that. point. Now you may be wondering why don't we have this information yet? Yeah. We didn't know what we were going to do until last Tuesday night. So realize that that's why you've had a framework in place of what the actual decisions. If, you know, we're already talking about how the marketing will roll out, but the biggest thing we need help with is getting the word out to everyone to register to be part of these focus groups. If they're interested at all, come to the public meeting, but also sign up to be in a focus group. Uh, that's going to be the key, and especially to some of our underrepresented populations. We've already talked to neighborhood centers and UAY and a few other neighborhood groups to say, help us get the word out about this, because we want all voices to be heard in this. So our yeah. so consultants, they're taking focus group input into their recommendations. Are they also being privy to just like general emails or calls from the public that are coming regarding the pool? Um, not, that's a good question. Like Between what? now and then, probably. They've okay. seen all of the information that was gathered during the rec master plan, including all the emails that came in the council and commission and everything during the, the rec master plan time, so yeah. Will there be any feedback from, or any consulting with the public once they create those three mock-up designs and will be involved in the decision-making process there? So right now, and I can't remember because I don't have it in front of me, there is one more meeting and I can't remember if that happens. It probably happens right after those three designs are out. And then it, there would be a commission and a council meeting as well. Sorry, I didn't bring that part of it. It's probably here. Yeah, open house number two happens after the statistically valid survey. I've been so caught up on how we get the word out about <laughs> signing up for the focus groups. Julie, wasn't there a different name for the group that included what we would traditionally call a senior citizens group? For some reason, I was thinking it was called something different, and so maybe that's why there's, or there was confusion yeah. about that group being omitted. I don't recall that, but we do ask people to give their, their birthdays on the form so that we will get a mix of all the ages. Um, and we do have a group that is um, kind of pool users other than lap swim or um, water water, some of the other categories. But we can certainly think about doing one. No, I was just thinking that we had called it something different than, than a senior species group, but maybe I was thinking of it. It would have been older adults, but I don't, maybe that was it. don't remember that we had. Yeah. Yeah. On that note, I, I just want to say, in, in terms of diversity and equity, I do believe that senior citizens, older adults, are a marginalized group and, and, and should be at least considered maybe for a potential Planting area plant um, with uh, um, Kiwanis Group helping out. 
Um, so they're going to be there with some of their affiliate groups at Hunter's Run. Um, that is a week from Saturday. Um, we're going to um, hopefully that day get 47 trees on the ground in that park. Um, whether we get them all in that day or not, it's yet to be seen with the, the ground conditions. We're going to try some. Um, uh, we're going to test it out first, see how it goes. Especially they're expecting some youth to be there. So last thing we want to do is have everyone struggling to uh, dig that whole time. Um, but that'll be a good project to get uh, more trees on the ground. Um, and what time is that at, Tyler? That's at 10 o'clock. So you're all welcome to join um, uh, at 10 o'clock um, a week from Saturday. I believe it's the 23rd um, out there. Um, we'll just meet. You'll see a group of people in the park. We'll meet somewhere in there, probably near the new playground. Um, we had to remove quite a few ash trees in that park, um, and we did that right before um, the playground project. So um, it'd be good to get some trees back in place of those. Um, CIP tree planting. So we talked a little bit about that funding, that 100,000 that's there. Um, this year's project um, that we've been planning since last year this time is about ready to kick off with planting. Um, so most of those are going in the um, kind of southeast uh, side of town and neighborhoods kind of surrounding uh, Whispering Meadows Wetland Park. Um, so that, uh, that area has um, not a whole lot of tree canopy coverage, especially in the yards there. So getting some in the right supply will um, really help bring some trees to that area. And then um, along with that, the infill planting project that's part of our operating budget um, is uh, combining some funds too. So you'll see a, a large stretch of trees on um, Friendship Street, um, kind of by um, Port Hill Park. Um, and then you'll also uh, see some all around town. We get regular requests for trees throughout the year. So that's um, when um, one, one planting project uh, goes in and, and does all those at once. Um, another planting project we're planning for Benton Hill Park. Um, smaller project, about 10 trees, um, but the neighborhood specifically requested some trees there. Um, Julie and I met with them in the spring. Um, looking at kind of spots where they'd uh, like to see some more vegetation. Um, yeah. That park looks quite a bit different than it did 10 years ago before the um, Prairie Co-housing project was there and before the sidewalk access was along um, Miller Street there. Um, so getting some trees back in there to uh, um, help beautify that park. Um, and those will be planted this fall. Um, Playground uh, is here for Happy Hollow. We're just waiting on that uh, um, the border of it to be um, installed, and then our staff will be installing that in-house. So the hope is to get that in this fall, um, so long as the contractor gets that done in the next few weeks here. Um, and like Julie mentioned, when we went through, most of the other projects are in process or have been bid out. Um, so um, lots of movement on, on different projects right now. Any questions on any of that? I'm sorry, I just missed it. Which park uh, was that tree plant thing at? Yeah, Hunter's Run Park. It's at 1050 um, Duck Creek Drive. Um, so out west of 218, it, it borders 218 there, but if you turn right on Duck Creek Drive going out in Aurora, that's that'll take you right to it. Question? Thanks. Don't have anything for our church report. Maybe start with Missy if there's any items for a future agenda. Um, I just had a question. Maybe we could review the pool counts and why that started. Um, 
because I can't really recall, but it seems to keep continually coming up, and it's in our packets every month. Yeah. So as an agenda item? Oh, no, I was just wondering if you could make answer oh, that. Oh, sure, sure. So it started about a year ago when the rec master plan okay. came out with some counts in it. Um, as you know, the, the group of rec residents are counting every day and reporting their numbers. Um, you actually use the, their numbers as part of your decision-making process for the hours. The numbers don't match, and we've gone over that a number of times, but they don't match for a number of reasons. Um, some of it's what they're counting. We don't count when staff are in the water. Um, swim lessons are counted through a different way. We've gone through this a couple different times. I don't have all the notes here. We don't dispute their numbers. We just say they're counting differently than we're counting. So that's why we provide you both sets of numbers so you can see them both um, and make your decision between the two. Is a lot of staff time devoted to that kind of Yes. <laughs> um, and Brad's uh, staff, rec staff, and geek and gets involved with it more than I do, so I don't know exactly how many hours, but it is a fair number of hours for a couple different staff members each month. I just wondered if there was a more efficient use of parks and rec staff time. I mean, I think because just since I've been on the Parks Star Commission, you guys have done a really good job of showing the kind of everything you're involved in. And I don't know, I mean, if, I don't know if it's something that we could table for a little bit um, and kind of see, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that's not popular um, with. I'm not sure it's your decision to make as a commission because the council had actually directed that we keep the numbers between now and the end of the city park pool project. Um, so we have a full recounting of it at that point. We're ready to talk about it again. Thanks for Anything else? That's all. All right. Um, I don't have anything for future agendas, but I just want to say personally, like, thank you and the council for your presentation um, at the city council meeting. And you and the you know, consultants, uh, the long presentation. It was. <laughs> um, but it was uh, really interesting and helped me understand a lot more of the context of city park pool and everything that's going on there. So. And you can all watch it yeah. if you haven't yeah. watched yeah. it. It was great. Yeah. Uh, one, uh, so it always seems like there's a lot of, of different events going on. I was wondering if it would be a heavy lift to include as part of our packet, like some events that might be relevant to the commission oh, okay. uh, for the next month or so. Because yeah. um, I, I know, um, you know, we hear about different events throughout the meeting, but it's, you know, ones where you may want to. We can do that. So you do have a list of kind of the upcoming events in the staff report, but I can have rec staff make sure they mark the ones that would be good for attending. Yeah. We haven't historically put things like tree plantings on that, but if that would be helpful, I might consider adding some stuff to that top list too. Yeah, I just think it might be helpful just to have like a, you know, have a running list of things that we might want to consider. That it's my fault, but you know, I'll hear a thing, something, and then like two days later I'll forget about it and be like, oh, I wish I but might. Um, I also wanted to say um, just a couple things I've noticed. Um, I was over at the dog park and I noticed there was like a QR code or something so you can like register your dog online. You can now pay, pay online, through the parking yeah. app actually. Which I think is great because you know the, the animal service place is uh, you know south of town and you know, it's a little out of my regular so it was nice to see. We actually moved to that because the cash box got broken into so many times. Oh, <laughs> that, um, 
Yeah, um, something else I had a question about, um, so I've, I've been, uh, I was just doing a quick count, I've been to probably since our last meeting, maybe 12 or, or 14 different city park facilities. Um, and one thing I've, which has been great, I just love um, seeing all the different parks, and I've noticed all a bunch of new sculptures, which is really cool, or I think they're new, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, one question I had was about the park bathrooms, it seems like, a lot of times they'll be locked, and I don't know if there's certain hours for that. Um, yeah, what the it's a is. combination. Um, they're great with the new electric lock system. It was supposed to open them in the morning and then close them at night. We used to have a staff member that had to drive around every morning and every night to open and close. The problem is, in certain parks, especially the public's figured out how to lock them midday or done it accidentally. We're not sure, but sometimes they get locked midday unless someone calls us. We don't realize it's happening. And Tyler can talk. There's been some other yeah. issues with it. We're in the process of fixing that piece, but it's a couple thousand dollars for each door to fix that piece with a different way to do the system. Um, we were one of the first ones, really anywhere, to go to this system and outdoor um, kind of bathroom recreation setting. Um, so um, it's good to be the first, but it's also a bit of growing pains with that. Um, another thing we found out is some of the hardware, especially this summer with all of that heat, overheats and then it blanks the system. Um, and then we have to go back in and reset everything and hopefully it doesn't fry the whole system. Um, we've been uh, trying to uh, do some things in the back room where that is um, to keep that equipment cool. But um, as you know, they're not heated and cooled um, uh, structures. Um, so we've been struggling with that. Um, so. Part of that is, you know, at times that will happen. And then sometimes there could just be someone in there. Um, we've, we've had that before, um, but uh, um, we know of the issue and it, there's not one really easy solution. Um, and sometimes if they're vandalized, they're locked for a day or two until we get them fixed. Unfortunately, that's, that's been the case this summer too. Okay. Is it something I wrote down? It's kind of a half-baked thing from many months ago, so bear with me while I try to organize my thoughts. But um, it was several months ago that I think it was Council Person Alter was pre presenting the strategic plan for fiscal year 23-28. And it wasn't part of anything she mentioned in relation to this commission, but I did see something on one of the slides about the Iowa River. And I'm a fan of the river. I know a lot of people love our river, so I went and looked it up. And I saw there was a bullet point under the economy strategies about strengthening the Iowa River's role as a signature community amenity and tourism generator. And so I was curious how that, would that have anything to do with the parks and recreation? How would that play into, like what, what can we contribute to that strategic point and maybe that just sure. keep in mind in the future, especially related to like riverfront crossings improvements and other park improvements. It, it plays into all of those things around the river, but uh, immediately after the strategic plan was enacted by the council, it was part of, that was the guiding force for the large grant application we did along with Corabel and um, the county. We unfortunately didn't get the grant, but it, had, it looked at a number of additions to the river area, including a couple boat ramps um, and some other access areas. It actually includes the skate park and roller, and, uh, roller area. 
um, and the Riverside Festival stage. So those two things are still being funded and included in that, even though they're not exactly right on the river. The two um, boat ramps are still in the plan, although I realize they weren't on your list tonight for, they're about 250,000 each. Um, so there's still the thought that we will keep working on those things. And because it's part of the strategic plan, it will boost any of our other grant applications as we look for other funding for some of those river really definitely still part of the, the scope of what we're trying to do yeah. um, Let's see. Um, I was just, like Brian was saying, there's a lot of the events, which is wonderful for Parks and Rec. And I was thinking about signage and that it is for me, and I think for others um, who aren't on their computers or phones as much, at least not reading email, it's an effective way of getting the word out. Um, and I was thinking, since there are so many, it might even be good to have the same sort of font so it's recognizable as a Parks and Rec event. For example, Prairie Lights with writer workshop uh, readings, the, the calligrapher Cheryl Jacobson, she does the same thing and it's always a picture of the person and whenever you see it, you know that this is a reading. Um, and that would be neat if we could sort of establish that sort of marketing thing. Yeah. And then put them downstairs, but it's so empty when you go in and there's this could even put you know, a bulletin board, a whole cork thing, and I'm sure someone from the community has an extra one they would contribute. And you know, honestly, I, I like design. I'd be happy to, to work with my partner on coming up with and showing examples to see just an image of each thing, like the sensory, the nose, etc. So that it's captivating to the kids as well. They see a pumpkin, hey, what's that? There's a party? I didn't know. And also can help people plan ahead if they're all out for the month. Um, as opposed to, yeah, maybe they need to reserve it. Yeah, Michelle from our staff works on exactly that. Um, if you get a chance, the bulletin board at the end of the hallway here has all of them, and I think she really has been working towards that kind of, um, you know, this our design, maybe not quite to that level, but I'm sure that she'd love to hear that feedback. Okay. So what's your name? Of a meeting and talk about that. Right. What's your name? Michelle. Michelle. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and again, I think at the entryway, it's a good place for, like at Prairie Lights, there's that entryway, the bulletin board, everyone knows, and when I'm bored, I go there to see, hey, what's going on? Um, let's see, the other thing, I was, a, a person came to me a few weeks ago, and he's a friend of mine since childhood, and he's lived all his life. Um, he's African American, it doesn't really matter, but kind of it does, I guess. Uh, he was a swimmer, competitive swimmer, and I asked him if he'd been using the pool here, and he said, he won't use it on general principle because they demand an ID card, and back in the day, they never did. And he felt it was uncommunity-like to have to present an ID card to get into the Parks and Rec. Just as a public library, you don't need an ID to go into the public library. You do to check something out, to rent something. And I know we have rentals for roller skates. But I don't know, it gave me pause, and I was thinking about it, he said that like when he was a kid practicing swim meets, they'd see homeless people taking showers and you know, they kind of tease him about it. But then thinking about it now as an adult, I mean, I don't know, is it a bad thing? I, I, I don't know, I, I, I'm just putting it out there and I did like the principle behind it. We are a public place and anyone should be able to at least come in. But I'm just wondering, would there be security issues or what's so the The passes are free for people to, to register to get the passes. There's not a cost involved. Um, it's, it's, it is part of our overall security, security and safety. Okay. Um, that way we know who's in the building, when they're here, 
um, if there's a secure or a safety need and we need to know how many people are in the locker room or who, we can count people pretty quickly to see where they're at. Um, it's also been very useful when there's been issues, patron issues from minor to major to have the names and pictures of people. So um, it's been in place as long as I've been here, so I don't know exactly what started as doing that, but um, he did say that he was, they demanded that he present two forms of ID. And so is that not the case anymore? That um, you can just ask for a plan? I don't think uh, that's the case. Like a bill or something. I was working at customer service since at least early 2019. And if that was the process prior, it may have been, but somebody may have asked for an ID for entering in the information. But by no means is it required to uh, use the facilities, we would just ask the questions otherwise, or... But you need a home address, is that correct? Um, a lot of people use shelter house. Yeah, it, 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 yeah well, there, there's, there's a lot of unhoused individuals that have ID cards with us and okay. will use our facilities every day. Oh, nice. um, we generally, yeah, sometimes have a fill-in. Uh, it is like a requirement for the info to be entered in, but we don't necessarily require like proof of housing or like a letter or something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Anything else, Okay. Um, I just had one kind of specific one. I participated in a uh, kind of like soccer club with the community. Um, and we were just chatting a little bit back and forth. Um, oftentimes, we use the University of Iowa you know, soccer fields that they have over there, I believe, on Mormon track. Um, but they, you know, can reserve those for their private events they control when the Nets come down, those type of things. And to our knowledge, Kickers, you know, that park is mainly for private use, more for the Kickers, you know, organization and all that, which I understand for field maintenance and so on and so forth. You don't want a bunch of people coming and tearing it up and day for game day. Uh, they were just curious if there is anywhere, you know, any park, any land that could be allotted towards an actual, you know, public space that isn't controlled by the university or controlled mainly by Iowa City Kickers that they'd be able to, you know, kind of set up shop in the future. Um, it's not quite accurate that it's controlled by kickers, okay. but, but it is used a lot by kickers, mm -hmm. so there may not be use times that, and it tended to, you know, because it's actually Brad staff that, that does the rentals yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. ISC uses it, but reasonable amount as well. So they're, they're another community group outside of Kickers that um, a lot of people are involved with um, as well through all different ages, especially with that group. Um, so there may be an um, opportunity to get involved with that group um, or I don't I don't know the exact. Um, it, it is available for rental, it's just not available very often for rental. Right. Um, and we consider the Kickers to be our partner group, mm -hmm. not for semantics, not a private organization because we don't offer youth soccer as an organization. So there are a um, partner group that does. So they're supported by us but as a partner group. But yeah, we can. I can have Brad get in touch with you with more information about how often and where it could be. As far as other parks, I know that there's a fairly large group that plays at Weatherby. It's not an official uh, field there either, but it has a soccer pulls up and then Happy Hollow open space has a lot of people that just play there as well. Um, it's not reserved for people to show up and do pickup games, but there are nets there for that reason too. Okay.
There's some permanent goals, no nets on them, but at uh, um, Fair Meadows as well, in that um, large open space. Um, so that might be an option. Um, it's you know informal, um, no lines, but um, but you still have the, the goals available um, for good pickup games and things like that. Fantastic. That's all I got. Just a couple of lot of questions were answered actually throughout the meeting. Um Melissa just made me think of something. I was wearing my bike past the stage at River Crossing and it looked like oh my gosh, this like this a band could play and like have outdoor stuff. Was that part of the plan? It has been part of the plan. Um we had actually did try to do a kickoff event there, which was a fairly large concert and it got rained out. Okay. Uh, and then COVID came and then a couple of other things. So we have not really been successful in marketing as a place for large concerts. Okay. Um, we've been in some initial talks with Summer of the Arts, though. Um, they may take it over as a concert venue in years to come as well. So okay. it actually was set up for that. Okay. Uh, part of it, the biggest complaint we get is the trees aren't grown in yet and there's not much shade. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's definitely what it's been planned for. Okay, it looked like yeah. it. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a concert here, so that makes sense. Um, okay, and then, oh, the other thing, of course, about the pool, just groups. I think it's, we hear about all the people that are using it, but also just trying to find a group of people that are not using the pool because, like, they're caretakers of people with disabilities and it's not accessible, or they're parents of small children, um, those kinds of things. I don't know if there's a way to flush out some group yeah. of, you know, it's hard for them to get out anyway. And then there are a lot of barriers. So we have that, um, and we actually are planning on one group being a caretakers okay. group. Um, and we're talking about things like we hope to provide childcare during those focus groups, uh, looking at what other barriers might be to get people there. We don't really think we'll do Zoom as an option, except for possibly the use of the caregiver, caregiver or the disability group, possibly. But. Um, you know, we're kind of looking at all those things, but the thing that all of you could do is help us get the word out that uh, not only will people be able to fill out this online form, but at the bottom will be a box for other comments. And if so, if people feel like there's a group missing or there's something else they want to say, there's that option too. So we may learn more about that. Thank you. And what will we know as far as more details about? So staff is meeting with the consultants early next week. Okay. So. Um, in the next week or two, I would guess we'll have some dates nailed down. Is it possible to get a communication transmission yeah. with we that? Will, we should be able to do that as soon as we get that those dates set. Rooms booked and everything else. Yeah. Anything else coming from? Oh, good, thank you. Just want to thank uh, staff for all the hard work in making so many events happen, as well as just the, the care of parks that we enjoy every day, so I just want to extend uh, gratitude and thanks uh, that way. And uh, with that, there's no motion to adjourn.